Out of the fires of war, let us kindle the chalice of peace. Out of the fury of battle, let us create a passion for peace. Out of the turmoil of conscience, let us weave the calm of peace. In the one spirit that we share, let us celebrate the vision of a world made just and free and find the strength to build it a little at a time. This simple chalice flame, symbol of our worldwide Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist faith, this is both an ancient and a relatively modern symbol. I don't know if you know that in the Second World War, it was the symbol used by the Unitarian Services Committee, working with refugees trying to escape from Europe. It brought a message of welcome and support to all people, whoever they were, wherever they'd come from, and whatever their faith. And this morning, this chalice flame, it shines out a welcome to all of us gathered here at Essex Church, where Kensington Unitarians are holding their annual Remembrance Sunday service, and a warm welcome also to all of you joining us online. It's good to have you with us. So may this living flame burn brightly today to commemorate all those people whose lives have been taken or blighted by warfare the world over, not least of whom are the civilians. So as well as those who fight or are wounded or killed in wars, we're remembering the old, the young, the animals and the earth itself, all those caught up in warfare, be they participants or shocked and frightened bystanders. May this our flame burn brightly today as we remember and reflect. As Unitarians, we do not have one message to proclaim on, some, on Remembrance Sunday. Some of us here today are pacifists and view war as a crime against our very humanity. Some of us may consider war a sometimes terrible necessity. And today, we're holding peace as a central focus, and we invite you to join in singing our first hymn today. It's hymn number 191 in the Green Hymn Book. It's called To Worship Rightly, and it ends with these powerful lines. Then shall all shackles fall. The stormy clangor of wild war music o'er the earth shall cease. Love shall trade out shall tread out the baleful fire of anger, and in its ashes plant the tree of peace. Those of you at home will have the words up on your screens and you'll be safely muted, so do join in if you wish. Let's sit, stand, sing, or simply listen to hymn number 191.
And so we move into a time of prayer and reflection now. And this prayer is based on words from a prayer for peace by Joyce Rupp um, from the Servite community. And it has simple hand movements that you might like to join in with. Not everybody uh, feels right doing this, but the movement is simply to place our hands over our hearts and then opening our hands and extending them outwards, palms facing upwards. So we start by sending peace to our loved ones, those close to us, placing our hands over our hearts, moving our attention towards our inner being. Slowly move further inwards in your imagining until you reach that place deep inside of you where abiding peace dwells. And allow your attention to move towards your loved ones, those you care for. Recall their presence in your life. Then open your hands and extend them outward, palms up. Send forth peace from your heart to those you love especially if there's anyone who might not be at peace with themselves or others on this day. And sending peace to the suffering ones of the world. Once again, let us place our hands over our hearts moving our attention towards our inner being, moving further inwards until we reach that place deep inside us where abiding peace dwells. We bring to mind the suffering ones of our world, especially those who live in fear of being harmed in any way. And we open our hands and we extend them outwards, palms up. And we send forth that deep peace in the center of our being to these suffering ones. And now we, we invite you to Send peace to those who consider you their enemy. Once again, let us place our hands over our hearts. Moving our attention towards our inner being. Slowly moving further inwards until we reach that place that exists deep within inside us, where abiding peace dwells. Let us bring to mind those known or unknown who might consider us an enemy. And we can feel free to include anyone who we ourselves feel enmity towards, be such feelings small or great. And we open our hands 
and extend them outward, palms up, and with as much true intention as can arise within us at this time, let us send forth the deep peace in the center of our being to those who consider us their enemy and those who we feel enmity towards. O oh, peace bringer, come to all hearts at war. Move them to lay down their weapons, to cast aside bitterness and resentment. Bring your peace to hard-hearted ones. Lessen the grip of those who desire revenge. May your peace release whatever binds and free all those held captive by hostility, all those trapped in fearful situations. Oh, may they know, please. So, so may it be. Amen. <clears throat> this piece is an adaptation of Ecclesiastes, and it's called A Season for All Things, and it's written by the Reverend M. Jade Kaiser. For everything, there is a season. Very little is as simple as good or bad. It is more often a question of who and of when and why or how. There are times for the birth of something new, and there are times to welcome death. There are times to plant seeds for those to come, and times for harvesting the long labor of others. There are times when destruction is necessary, or at least unavoidable. And there are times when healing is possible. There are times to create art and times to tear it down. There are days where only weeping will do, others for laughing. Some days we can only mourn, others we dance. We ebb and flow our way in community. Sometimes we long to be in the arms of another. Other times we need the intimacy of solitude. There are times for seeking a way through the impossible and other times for accepting our losses. There is a time to hold on and a time to let go. There are times when some of us need to be silent and times when the rest of us must speak. Love has its time and hate has its place. Conflict must be accepted and peace welcomed in due time. 
May we listen our way into and out of each season with wisdom as our guide, forcing nothing outside of its time, receiving everything for what it is, trusting love's companionship, laboring toward liberation together. Thank you, Harold. And that moves beautifully into our next um, hymn, which is uh, going to appear on your screen at home, and it's number 226. It's a song of peace sung to the beautiful tune Finlandia, 226. Such a beautiful message, isn't it, that hymn? And I hope you appreciate the message of this responsive prayer that I'm going to invite you to join in with now. If you're here with us today, it's on this blue slip or it's going to appear on the screen. And the response to each line, which I invite you to say, the lines in italics, the response is, we lift up our hearts. And I, I wonder what that might mean for you. It's a responsive prayer for the world and do join me in the, the bold lines at the end. For all 
who die in war. For all who live in suffering in the aftermath of violence. For all who give their lives in smoke and flame. For all who go on in honour of the dead. For all who have served. For our country and our world. For a planet that will find peace, we lift up our hearts. For the young and the innocent, we lift up our hearts. For the weary and war-torn, we lift up our hearts. For those who would pray, we lift up our hearts. For those too angry or fearful to cry, we lift up our hearts. For all of us, for the many names of God, we lift up our hearts. We lift up our hearts. Shanti, Shalom, Peace, Salam, Amen. And as the clock moves towards 11 a.m., the traditional time to stand in silent tribute to all those who have died or suffered in warfare, I invite you to stand now if you feel so able and our silence will end unannounced with our choir singing Liberame from Fores Requiem. Uh, the music and the order of service is being printed in the wrong order, my error. Let us stand if you feel so able now and join in two minutes silence for those who have died or suffered in war.
Gary Snyder is an American writer. He's been described as the poet laureate of deep ecology because of his passionate concern for environmental issues. This short poem expresses both this concern and also a sense of hope for future peaceful living on our planet Earth home. It's only a short poem, so I'll read it twice. And remember, you can always find our service scripts to have a read of on our Kensington Unitarians website. For the Children by Gary Snyder. The rising hills, the slopes of statistics lie before us. The steep climb of everything going up, up as we all go down. In the next century, or the one beyond that, they say, our valleys, pastures, we can meet there in peace if we make it. To climb these coming crests, one word to you, to you and your children. Stay together, learn the flowers, go light. The rising hills, the slopes of statistics lie before us. The steep climb of everything going up, up as we all go down. In the next century, or the one beyond that, they say, or valleys, pastures, we can meet there in peace if we make it. To climb these coming crests, one word to you to you and your children. Stay together, learn the flowers, go light. Thank you, Charlotte, for that reading and that good advice. Stay together, learn the flowers, go light. From poet Gary Schneider. I've, um, I've been wearing one of these white poppies, white peace poppies uh, this week, but by midweek, I'd added the more traditional red poppy next to it for fear of offending anyone for whom a red poppy has real significance. Symbols can be complicated, can't they? And symbols connected with warfare, I guess, are likely to signify and represent the, the complexities of war and peace. For we humans, boy, aren't we huge, hugely complex creatures. And our living together here on Earth, it's marked by conflict, scarred by conflict. We're deeply social creatures, and yet we struggle to live amicably together. And that Reality has been brought into sharp focus this year, hasn't it? When one of the greatest powers in the world chose to invade a neighboring state. I still remember a teenager asking me back in February, they won't let this happen, will they? And the difficulty of explaining that they, meaning all the other interested parties, would find it very difficult to stop a determined invader. And this violence continues and horrifies us as onlookers. I mean, any of us who, who study 
both individual and collective human behavior. And I guess that is all of us because we're all constantly trying to work out what on earth is going on and why. We know, don't we, that the meeting of violence with violence tends towards escalation, yet, yet non-violence is the most difficult of paths to take. I've included some um, quotations that I've been thinking about this week on our order of service insert, and I think we've copied them into the chat box for people joining us online. Um, and there's a quote in, these, uh, in this from George Bernard Shaw, who reminds us that peace is not only better than war, peace is not only better than war, but infinitely more arduous. In response to the despair many of us feel in the face of our world's sharpness and turbulence, all I can offer today, I think, are small personal practices of peace seeking. And these are, are the simple yet often remarkably demanding spiritual practices that we can choose to explore within our own hearts and minds and maybe talk about with people close to us. Let's start by telling the truth to ourselves about our own judging minds, about all the times that we distance ourselves from the others by emphasizing our differences, by reacting fiercely to views that aren't in accord with our own, and blimey, there are a lot of those views around, aren't there? By making other people bad and wrong because they've annoyed us or threatened us or jolted us out of some cozy complacency that imagines that we can all agree on anything. To judge and to separate, that is completely normal. But our task, if we're going to be peace seekers, is to recognize what our minds are doing and then take that next step. And that next step, well, that is the opportunity to shake up our us and them thinking and replace it with something far more radical. The spiritual truth. We're all one with all our differences and divisions. We are all one. Each time we think of someone as other, as somehow distant and divided from us, each time we separate ourselves from certain groups or individuals, we're stoking fires of division. Yet we could instead be applying a soothing balm of peace to our world. Now, this doesn't mean that we roll over and simply let the world's bullies and tyrants hold sway, but it does mean that we pay close attention to our own bullying and tyrannical natures, pay close attention to the wars fought within our own minds. And we might also seek inspiration from those who actually live their pacifism, their belief in non-violence as a way for humanity to move forwards. Simon Hill, who is an author and a journalist, he's also a social um, campaigner and manager of the Peace Pledge Union that produces these white poppies of peace. And you're very welcome to take one home to you, or I'll put one in the post for any of you at home if you'd like one, or you can get them from the Peace Pledge Union website. 
there are also on that website many useful resources on pacifism. Simon Hill is a Quaker, and in this piece that I'm going to quote from, which he wrote for the New Statesman in 2008, he explains why the Quaker belief in pacifism leads him to wear a white poppy. He writes, to be Quaker is to choose a religion fundamentally at odds with the dominant values around us. For me, this is both exciting and challenging. And Quakers often enjoy publicity at this time of year, Remembrance Sunday, because like other pacifists, we wear white poppies. Like most Quaker commitments, this is often misunderstood. White poppies are not about insulting the dead but about honoring them by working for an end to war. The starting point of Quakerism is that the inward light of God is available to everyone. And Quakerism is therefore at its best in, in its shocking radicalism. If God's light is present in all people, whatever that might mean to you, then to hurt another person is to hurt God. To refuse to learn from others is to set ourselves above God and to treat anyone as my inferior or superior. That is simply blasphemy. I go on quoting from Simon Hill. Far from fluffy idealism, this involves a hard struggle to reorient our lives and to improve the world. I cannot believe in the universal availability of God without rejecting the lie that there is no alternative to war and poverty. While I wear a white poppy as a memorial and a campaigning tool, it's also the sign of a belief in a different world. When protesting outside the arms fair, London arms fair last year, as Simon does each year, I experienced a moment of powerful clarity when I was struck by the flimsiness and the transience of the arms dealer's power compared to the everlasting light of God, accessible in all our hearts if we will turn to it. Simon visited our congregation some years ago, and I thanked him then, and I thank him now for his, this pacifist work. I wish I was brave enough to stand outside the London Arms Fair each year and be arrested each year. And I think, too, of those brave, conscientious objectors during the First World War who were shouted at and abused for their refusal to fight other human beings handed white feathers and called cowards. So let us, if we so wish, wear our small white poppies and may each of us find the bravery required to work for peace in our own lives, as well as in the life of this, our world. Amen. Oof. Well, should we take that yearning for peace into singing our closing hymn today? Uh, such inspiring words of this hymn is, it's a number 198, by the way, for the healing of the nations. It's in your uh, green book, but it'll also be appearing on your screen. For the healing of the nations, for redemption from hatred and warfare, let us sing together.
Well, time for our announcements now, and um, a big thank you to our musicians today oh, for beautiful musical offerings that soothe the most troubled of hearts. We've had Peter Crockford on piano, Lucy Elston, Margaret, Benji, Harold, and Trevor. Thank you, all of you. Um, and thank you to Harold and Charlotte for reading today, and biggest thanks to our tech team, Ramona Christia, Janine Powell, and Jane Blackall, who's made things work smoothly from afar, despite this being a Sunday off. Thank you, everybody. Um, we're, we're always looking for volunteers for greeting and coffee making, so do let us know if you can help with that. Any Sunday, speak to Liz or Marianne if you can assist with these welcoming roles. Um, the Heart and Soul Contemplative Online Gatherings are happening on Sundays and Friday evenings. Uh, the space to join Jane tonight or next Friday, I think they're at seven o'clock, and the uh, theme is practice. Um, it's a, a lovely, soulful way to be together with others. Or come and join the online uh, coffee morning on Wednesday mornings at 10.30. Uh, Sonia is uh, dancing here every Friday, 12.30, with her Nia dance classes, and there's also an online class, which is great. I'm surprised how well those online dance classes work. And then come along next Sunday for the service when uh, Dr. Jane Blackall, our very own Reverend Doctor, will be leading a service along with congregation members called Simple Pleasures. And if the mere mention of simple pleasures now brings something to mind for you, why don't you get in touch with Jane? She's looking for people to make a really short video just talking about what some of the simple pleasures are in your life. But do let her know that you want to do this because there's some instructions to go with it. I think that's everything or notices. I hope you can stay for um, coffee and a chat after the service, both here in person and online. Uh, do stay and uh, have a, a natter with people. But let's now ready ourselves for our closing words. And these closing words will be followed by a beautiful choral piece. And you may recognize the words of it. Um, it's um, the piece is called Lacrimosa by Howard Goodall, but I, I think the words are attributed to the Quaker writer Elizabeth Fry, and they've been a source of comfort in many a funeral. So thank you for choosing that choir. So our closing words today. May the blessing of peace rest in our hearts in our quiet times and in our times of unrest. May the blessings of our companionship be with us in the days ahead and ripple outwards into our world, which so yearns for connection, for love and for inspiration. And may the blessings of life be forever with us, whatever the autumn winds may blow our way. Amen. Go well, all of you, and blessed be.
the soft me falling soon. 